It takes an extraordinary team to embark on an extraordinary mission. WealthVest presents the 99 Best Marketing Ideas, a podcast dedicated to bringing financial advisors the most cutting-edge marketing strategies. Listen in as your fellow advisors share their top ideas to help you conquer your marketing needs. Hello and welcome to another 99 Best Ideas podcast. Our goal with these 99 Best Ideas is to interview top producers from all over the country who are doing things that make them truly unique and different and very, very successful as marketers. All of these ideas, ladies and gentlemen, have been proven to work and not just work, but work incredibly well. Our guest today is Taylor. Uh, really excited about being able to, to interview Taylor. I met Taylor a couple of weeks ago. I was introduced to him by uh, one of the WealthFest uh, marketing consultants who happens to be a good friend of ours here at Top Advisor Marketing. And uh, after talking with Mr. Taylor for, I don't know, 15 minutes, I was like, okay, this guy, this guy's got it dialed in. So, Taylor, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. First question. Tell me why you decided to be a financial advisor. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know that any of us really, uh, you know, as uh, as children, you know, uh, growing up envisioned the life of uh, uh, being a financial advisor. I certainly didn't. My, my father's a doctor. Right. My mother works for the government and then they're really employees. Right. And, and so uh, I, I didn't really know jobs like ours existed when I was in school. And so I kind of thought I'd work nine to five. And that's just kind of what I saw my parents do and my friends' parents do. And that was kind of the, the, the path that was laid out for me, right? Now, I always had this entrepreneurial bug, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, coming out of college, I had one simple modest goal at that time. And it was, you know, I was 22 years old when I graduated. I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 25, right? Mm. And I, I figured three years was ample time, you know, <laughs> to, to get there, right? And, All right. And the challenge is I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to do it. There was no path outlined for me. Like I said, my parents were, were employees, right? And so, you know, as I was going to, you know, in college job fairs and, and, and recruiters and the like and telling me I was going to make 40, 50 grand a year. Again, I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm like, you know, 40, 50,000 a year. It's going to be pretty tough to get to a million in three years, you know. <laughs> and so I, I figured I should look I should look to do something different. And by chance, I found my way into this financial services industry. And I, I, I immediately uh, felt so blessed because I realized it was for me because we're paid for our work ethic and our aptitude, not our age or our tenure. Right? Mm -hmm. It took me took me a little longer. It took me until I was about 27, but I did it, right? I made a million dollars. I was making more money than my parents by the time I was 25, and in large part because I was getting paid for my productivity and what I was doing and and, and, and not how, how long I could sit at a desk and, 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 and clock in and out, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's amazing. I always say it's an industry that's, that's fantastic because it's okay to be greedy, right? Yeah, because yeah. the more money I make, the more people I'm helping. Absolutely. I love that. The more money I make, the more people I'm helping, and how true right. is that? That's an amazing story, Taylor. I mean, come on, man. Uh, there, there are probably you know ninety nine percent of the people who are listening to this podcast right now saying, "Oh my gosh, you know how did he do that?" So let's talk about what makes your practice so unique and different. Sure. I mean, to your point, I, I, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people would look at my situation, and go, "Wow, that's amazing," or "Man, I don't know if I could ever reach those heights." And the honest thing is, I'm, I'm really no different than I'm sure most of the listeners out there. Other than I just have this, you know, unrelenting tenacity, right, and this desire to succeed and, and do well. But one of the things I do even to this day is I keep my planner book. I used to keep a planner book and log 
all the appointments that I had and all the applications that I wrote and the commissions associated with them. And I laugh when I look at that today because I literally was writing like 10 and 15 and $20 a month policies when I started this business. Mm-hmm. So when people tell me, oh, but you're different, I can't be you. I'm like, I don't think anyone listening to this call has a worse market than I had <laughs> when I started. Right? I don't know how, how much lower you get than $10 a month, right? But I did that. The one thing, though, that I did consistently is I wrote a lot of apps and I saw a lot of people. Mm-hmm. One of the things I tell people in this business is every meeting you have is like scratching a lotto ticket, right? And sometimes you scratch a lotto ticket and it's a bust, right? You throw it away. You know, other times you scratch a lotto ticket and you win a couple of bucks, you put it in your pocket. And every now and again, you scratch a lotto ticket and you can hit the jackpot, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, look, a broken clock is right twice a day, mm-hmm. right? So the way I figured, if I'm seeing 25, 30 people a week, I like my chances, right? Yeah. I like my chances. Somebody's going to need what I do. Activity, obviously, from what you just said there, is is the is the the goal. When I was working for a coaching company, uh, and the top producer who started the coaching company was was being interviewed on stage, and a whole bunch of producers were sitting out in the audience, and he had said, you know, I would run over a thousand appointments or fifteen hundred appointments a year for my first five years. And one guy turned to me and he looked at me and said, Well, that's why this guy's making millions of dollars, is because it's all about activity. But I like I like the lottery ticket example because you're right. You have no idea where that person you're sitting across from is either going to lead today, tomorrow, or in the future. Yes, sometimes you're going to get up to the bat or up to, to base and you're going to swing and you're going to miss. You're going to hit a single or a dumbbell. But you know what? There are times where you really connect with that ball and you hit a home run. What are some yeah. of the marketing ideas? So besides just activity, what are some of the marketing ideas that you've used in the past, not what you're doing today, but in the past – that works so well. How did you get in front of 20 to 30 people a week? I mean, I always live, I live by the adage. I always tell people, look, I prospect like I breathe. I mean, many of us have made the mistake of thinking, okay, when I'm in my office, I'm working. Or when I'm in my suit and tie, I'm working. Or when I'm in my, my skirt and blouse, I'm working. But for me, I look at it and I realize early on, I'm working when I'm building relationships with people. So I never shut off. Right? I mean, literally, my office hours are from eyes open to eyes shut. Okay. Right? Because anytime I'm with people, I'm working, I'm building relationships, right? I mean, think about it. Who's your best friend? What's your best friend's name? Right? If your best friend told you, hey, I saw a great movie last weekend, you should take your wife. What are you going to do? Gonna I'm going to take him to the movie. Hey, I went to a, a great restaurant for lunch yesterday. You should go. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to go because that person that you know, like, and trust is giving you a recommendation. You're just going to follow it. So I realized it's less about the company I represent, less about performance, less about spreadsheets, less about illustrations, and more about relationships, more about connectivity. If someone doesn't buy from me, I never say, oh, man, did I bring the right product? To, oh, man, my investment yield should have been higher. I always say to myself the relationship wasn't strong enough. Hmm. Right? So one of the things that I did and how was I able to see so many people? people again i you know i i prospected like i breathe everywhere i went i i was shaking hands kissing babies i say i was talking mm-hmm. to people but but i was getting a lot of referrals right mm-hmm. you know and that's a big thing that was a big thing still is a big thing for me today and people are like oh man referrals man how, how do you do that and then i struggle with referrals and i'm like okay well, well what are you saying and people say well, you know i don't ask and it's like well, <laughs> that's, that's the first problem yeah right? absolutely you know, mouths don't get fed <laughs> right. So the first thing is just is just asking, right? Just getting out there and, and asking people and having an Eric expectation when you ask, right? Mm-hmm. And so I got to the point where literally I asked for so many referrals in my first year. I had a stack of names. I mean, so many names I couldn't even call them anymore. Hmm. And that was a great problem to have because the second thing that I did, and one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give to an advisor is qualify who you're seeing. 
many of us early on in our, our practice are so happy that someone said they'll see you. You'll drive 100 miles an hour one way, <laughs> 100 miles an hour, 100 miles in the opposite direction in the same day just to have two appointments in a day. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I found is I wasn't making the most efficient use of my time and I wasn't sitting down people that actually had the ability to write a check. Because people ask me that, man, he's selfie, you know, who, who's your who's your top prospect? Who's your your your, your top client, right? Or who, who do you want to see? And I say someone who could write a check, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so that's all I do, right? I constantly network with, get referrals from people that can write checks, okay. right? And again, for me, if I'm if I'm booking 20, 20, 25 meetings a week, you know, I, you know, I like I like my chances. What hasn't worked for you? So what are the marketing programs that you stepped up to the plate and you kept swinging and you just realized, man, this is just not going to work for me? I can confidently say on the phone to you today, I'm probably the biggest failure you've ever met. Hmm. Right. And 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 I say that, you know, in all seriousness and, and conversely, that's probably why I'm amongst one of the most successful advisors you've already met, also met. Right. Because, you know, I failed a ton. Right. I'm not I'm not here today. This, you know, top of the table, multi-million dollar producer because I did everything right mm-hmm. but because I had all the right answers. Or I had some secret formula. I just f- fell on my face a ton of times. It's like that Chinese proverb, right? Fall seven times, stand up eight. Yeah. Things that that I didn't. The one thing I will say is that I've lost a case every way you can lose it. Hmm. I've messed up in this business every way you can lose it once. And I learned from it and got a little bit better, right? Gotcha. There's people that do things. People will cold call in this business. People will cold canvas in this business. I can honestly say I've never cold called one day in my life, right? And I, and I look at it. Fortunately, what I did to garner new name flows worked. So I just found ways to make them work more efficiently than try something else. And what I mean by that was I've always gotten referrals. I've gotten referrals from day one. The way, the manner in which I ask the expectation I have in which I, uh, is different today, certainly than when I started in my business, but it worked, you know, I, so I never had to cold call because I had enough warm leads to call on. Right. Hmm. I tried cold canvassing once. I'm like, Hey, I, re- I never forget. I had a client who owned a, a, a wrecking yard. Right. And on this block, there was like 12 other wrecking yards. And I finished my meeting up with him early. And I'm like, heck, before I go to the office, why don't I just walk down this block? It's on the same street. I'll just introduce myself to all the other owners. Mm-hmm. I can I have an edification piece, right? I can say I worked with Joe down the street, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe I'll get get a get get a get another door open for me. And I must have walked maybe two, three doors down and I was like, Oh no, this stinks. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this ever again. Right. That was big sense. So my, my cold canvassing career lasted all of about twenty minutes, right? And I'm like, Okay, that's not for me. And so for me it's like, look, if I can if I can have personal observation, create relationships with people, get referrals. Also, one of the things that I've done well in my career is build centers of influence, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they be attorneys, whether they be accountants. One thing I will note with that, oftentimes it's easy when you go, oh, accountant's a center of influence. That makes sense. Or a, or a lawyer's a, a, a center of influence. That makes sense. But a center of influence is truthfully anyone in your area or community that wields influence over other people. Mm-hmm. So it might be that school teacher. It might be the, the sales manager, anyone that you ever have that person like, well, what's going on this weekend? And it's like, OK, let's see what Joe's doing. Yes. Right? Or, hey, what's what's where are we going for vacation? Let's call Sarah and see what she wants to do. That's that center of influence. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're even a, a professional, if you will, or that they make a gazillion dollars. Right. They just wield influence over other people. And when they say, hey, this is great, we should do it. People follow suit. That's a center of influence. What are you doing? And now, you've already highlighted some of this. But what are you doing today? Uh, So right now you're at a conference uh, because we talked about a little bit before. But what are you doing today in order to have the level of production? And then the follow up to that is I want to talk to you about execution. 
how are you making what you're doing today work so well? Sure. I mean, the one thing I'll tell people is it's a heck of a lot easier to stay on top than it was to get on top. Hmm. It's easier to make a million dollars a year in this business than it was to make 50 grand. And when people are like, how could that be? Well, think about it, right? If you sit down with a client and they make 50 grand a year, right? They bring home, let's say they bring home $3,500 a month, right? And their expenses are 3000 a month. They got $500 a month discretionary income. And you want to sell them a life policy, let's say, for $200 a month, right? You want to take 40% of their discretionary income. And you better be good. You better answer every question, every mm-hmm. objection, and be ready for that policy to lapse in the first six months, mm-hmm. right? Because it's such a big commitment on their part. I sit down with a client that makes $50,000 a month, right? They've got $20,000 a month of expenses, $30,000 a month of discretionary income. I'll sell a $50,000 annual premium over lunch. So naturally, we think, ah, it's harder to sell in the uh, the upper markets or high net worth. Truthfully, it's easier, right? And the other side of it, people must make a mistake. Oh, but but they're rich or they're successful. I mean, they've got to have plans in place. (laughs) On the contrary, right? Most The most successful people I've ever met typically have the worst planning. Not because they don't have the money to execute. Not because they don't have the resources at their disposal. Because they're so busy making money or so busy in their business that they neglect or they put it off, right? Or they're so they they, they believe so full-heartedly in themselves, right, that they think they'll be able to overcome poor planning, right? So that's that's the thing for me is is prospecting at a, at a higher level, prospecting higher pools of people that can write you know write bigger checks. Um, what I mean by it's easier to to stay on top than it is to get on top. Think about this way. I I was reading an article years back and it said the average person puts on two to three pounds every holiday season, two to three pounds, which when you think about it, two to three pounds isn't that much weight, right? But if you graduate college when you're 21, 22 years old and you put on two to three pounds every year, by the time you're 50, right? You're you're 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight. Yeah, you're you're a big guy. And, and And you're like, what happened to me, right? It's like a frog, right? If you take a frog and you put a frog in boiling hot water, that frog will jump right out. But if you take that same frog and you put them in lukewarm water and turn up the heat, they're cooked, right? And that's what happens to so many of us. We're, we're, we have this slight discomfort, right? But we're getting cooked every day, right? So for me, I'm always looking to be uncomfortable. I'm always looking to grow. Man, I want to be shocked by that hot water because I know this isn't for me. I can get out of it, right? And so for me, my whole adage is, right, rather than saying, oh, my gosh, I haven't done any business in 90 days. I got to hit the ground. I need to. I need. That's angst. That's craziness. Right. You're 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 up at arms and people feel that. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, I don't want to have to make I don't want to have to have a three hundred thousand dollar month. I don't want to have to sell this policy today or my mortgage doesn't get paid. I don't want to have to roll over this fund or I can't pay my kids tuition. Mm-hmm. Right. Stay on top. It's easier to stay on top than it is to get on top. So my whole adage is win the day. Just win the day. I don't do annual plans. I don't do quarterly plans. I don't do monthly plans. I don't do weekly plans. I have a particular commission goal for every single day, hmm. and that's what I want to hit. So it's a formula that I'll share with you. Okay. Take the amount of money you want to make in the year, whatever that is, your annual revenue goal, whatever that is. Then divide that number by 200, right? Assuming you're going to work 200 days a year. You're going to take weekends off. You're going to take some vacation time. You're going to take holidays off. Okay, but you're going to work 200 of 365 days a year, okay? And you're going to come up with a number, right? So, for example, if my revenue goal is $2 million, if I want to do $2 million of personal production and I'm going to work 200 days a year, I want to make $10,000 a day. That's mm-hmm. my number, okay. right? Right? So all I, so from the moment I wake up to the, to the minute I go to bed, I'm focused on one thing, get $10,000 today. Right. Hmm. Whether that be life insurance, whether that be annuity, whether that be management, whatever it is, I got to make ten thousand dollars today. 
whether that be through one deal, whether it took me four deals, $10,000 today. Now, the reality of it is, is people say, man, but you make $10,000 every day, right? And the, and the God honest truth is I don't. I don't make $10,000 every day. Mm-hmm. Some days I make 50000 right? <laughs> <laughs> some, some days I make ten. some days I make five, some days I make two, some days I make nothing. Mm-hmm. But my objective is a minimum of three appointments every day with each one of those three appointments being a potential 10K outcome. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm going after, right? And so I always say, look, if you shoot for the moon and you fall short, you'll still hit the stars, right? So if that's my objective to hit $10,000 every day, and I don't, right? I fall short of that. And my I look at my revenue goals. I'm talking to my accountant. I'm talking to my bookkeeper. And they go, hey, Selfie, you did $1.7 million this year. Oh, my God. (sighs) What was me? Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Right? But you know me. I also, you know, failure is not an option. So I'm going to try and blow that number out of the water. That's right? right. But that's it because we're oftentimes paralyzed by the big number, right? If I go, I want to make 250000 this year, where do you start? Yes. Where do you start? Because that's a big number. Yeah. Where, where, where do you go from that, right? So don't, don't worry about 250000 Can you sell a $200 a month policy today? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, can, I can do that. I can do that. Can you find a $50,000 rollover today? Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. These are things that I can do. These are things that I control, right? At least the, the amount of people I see. Whether you buy from me today or not is not up to me. Mm-hmm. Whether you give me your life savings today is not up to me. How many people know my story? How many people did I talk to today? How many people did I call? Mm-hmm. How many people did I send a message to? How many hands did I shake? How many babies did I kiss? Mm-hmm. I control that. There's an old adage, you know, how do you eat an elephant one, one bite at a time? And as a coach and a right. consultant for so many years, uh, you know, those numbers are – it's almost that paralysis. And I love how you were breaking that down. What can I do today? We call those micro goals, right? And everybody who's on this call needs to understand that setting micro goals is is hands down it's it's running a bunch of sprints instead of tiring yourself out to run a marathon. Most of us right. can run one good sprint a day, but we sure can't run that marathon for three weeks in a row because you know at the, the fourth week we're we're done. Now, right. switching gears, what what is your why? Why is why do you do this? What is the drive? So what's why is that yeah. fire so strong inside you? Yeah, it's funny because my purpose when I started in this business is very different today. Hmm. Truthfully, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Office Space. Right? Absolutely. But yeah. So that literally was me coming out of college, right? That guy wasn't really driven by anything, right? Mm-hmm. He said to him, "What's your ideal day? What what would you do today?" His answer would have been nothing right like right. i just want to be able to do nothing that was kind of me coming out of college now being an athlete and a, and a scholar coming out of school wasn't that i was lazy it wasn't that i didn't have you know any initiative but i didn't, wasn't really passionate about much right mm. so here was my deal coming out of college i was like i want to be a millionaire right i want to be a multi-millionaire so that i can do nothing right mm. so i didn't want to be you know, 35 living on my mom's couch, right? <laughs> but I wasn't really passionate about anything, right? So I was like, if, I'm, if I've got a million bucks, right, which to me at the time was a lot of money, which today I realize <laughs> is not that much living in Southern California in particular, but sure. at, at 22 million bucks was like <laughs> the, the number, right? But I was like, if I have a million bucks and I'm living off the interest of the million bucks, I can really do nothing. I can play golf with my buddies. Mm-hmm. I can hang out and chill. And, and I'm not a bum, right? Because I'm a millionaire. That was kind of my idea. <laughs> and that has shifted immensely over the last 18 years and my and my purpose today the why today is one word and that word is impact Hmm. right it's 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 the ability to impact people's lives there's this thing called the happiness quotient i don't know if you've ever heard of it i have the 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 exact number escapes me but let's call it for argument's sake i think it's like seventy three thousand dollars a year right 
And the study was done and it basically says once you're making over $73,000 a year, making more money doesn't make you happier, mm-hmm. right? Right? Because at $73,000 a year, you can afford, you know, food, shelter, clothing, mm-hmm. transportation, like the things you need to do to get by in life, right? Beyond that, sure, if I make a million dollars a year, I can I can have a nicer house. I can drive a, a fancier car. I, maybe I can eat at a better restaurant. But I'm not going to be happier, right? So for me, my quest, my quest to literally become a billionaire has nothing to do with me needing a billion dollars, right? What what am I going to do with a billion dollars that I can't do with a hundred million dollars, right? Right? I, I have a nice home today. I live in a nice. I would drive a nice car today. I'm able to provide for my girls, my my kids today, right? So I don't need more stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, the fact of, of a billionaire is impact. What message does that show to people? Right. What, mm-hmm. what can be done? Right. I graduated college with one hundred dollars in my checking account. Mm-hmm. So what inspiration does that have to my counterparts in this industry is what you where you can take your business. How many lives am I touching? That's a lot of insurance I've written. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of money that I'm managing. Right. And then this next level, this next generation for that I'm on is it's not about me. It's about building up my peers. It's about building up my fellow advisor. Right. And teaching them my my story, giving them my language, giving them my process and then having them go out. Right. And create multi-million dollar practices on their own and then in turn go do that. Because the way I look at that, the reverberation of that is immense. Right. Because I can only see so many people. I can only write so many policies. I can only manage so much money. I'm one man. Even if even if my sickness runs wild and I say I'll work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, my reach is finite. Yes. Right. So so that's the value there is being able to is being able to spread my wings and 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 not only produce and help my clients and people in my market, but impact the lives of, of the other advisors that I'm coaching and mentoring and, and sharing my story with as well. Well, you definitely have a very, very contagious amount of energy. I'm sitting here with a, a, a huge smile on my face, just listening to your level of passion and excitement. And to close out today's podcast, if you had one piece of advice for new advisors or agents, what would that advice be? One piece of advice for new advisors. I, I believe in this was the words manifestation, right? You asked me how I was doing today when, uh, when, when we got yeah. on the call and I told you it's the best day of my life. If, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in the power of your work, you cannot be successful in this business. And when, when you think about it at its core, we sell an intangible good. We sell an idea. We sell peace of mind, right? So if I don't believe it, right? I mean, think about what's an insurance policy. What's, it's, it's, a piece, it's pieces of paper bound together. But what is it really? It's nothing. It's a promise, right? So if people do not know, like, trust you and, and, and hang on your word, you're not going to do well. You can't succeed in the business, right? So that's the idea there is believe in yourself, manifest. Where do you want to be, right? Like I want to be, I want to make a hundred grand, I want to be 200 grand, whatever it is. I want to affect this kind of change. I want to be this person in my community. Believe that first, right? Because if you don't believe it, no one else will believe it. If you don't believe it, no one else is going to believe it. Thank you very much, Taylor. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. So if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you click that subscribe now button below that every time we come up with a new great marketing idea, what's going to happen is that'll show up directly on your phone or your listening device. And if anything that Taylor said today really, really just resonated with you and you know that there's other advisors, other producers, other agents that this would really resonate with, please, please, please make sure you click that share button, type in their email address or share it on social media that way. You can help Taylor achieve his goal of making a much greater impact and helping a lot more people. For everybody at WealthFest, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing. 
The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthFest or Top Advisor Marketing do not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthVest or Top Advisor Marketing does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any content. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.